Welcome to our continuing short run series for Halloween of the Simpsons Tree House of Horror segments called Podcast of Horrors. I am Matt, and joining me once again, as always, are my fellow Simpsons fans, Derek. Hello, everybody. And Karen. Ahoy, ahoy. <laughs> you going to do that every episode? <laughs> Maybe. I think you she did it in the Zero to episode, too. <laughs> yeah, you do. You set, a, you set a precedent. You have to do it. <laughs> So what we're doing, if you're new to the show, we are reviewing Simpsons Treehouse of Horror segments, not full episodes. We each picked a segment. Uh, more on, If you want more on that, check out the past episodes. There's two before this. They explain it already, but that is the long and short of it. So we're going to get right into it. I'm going to start with my next pick for this episode, and it is from the eighth Treehouse of Horrors from season nine of the series. It's the first segment of that one, and it is called the Omega Man. And we will get to, again, as with all my picks, there's one scene that makes this on my <laughs> list, and I'm <laughs> eager to get to it. The airing of this one was October 26, 1997, so we're in a week of Halloween. Again, we made the comment before, we know that doesn't always happen, but so far, everything we've talked about has been within a week of Halloween, so, so far, so good on the timing. The episode opening, I, I, this is what prompted me to note the episode openings, because I think this is my all-time favorite. We're not talking the uh, segment yet. Yeah. We're talking the episode. This yeah, is it's where one of mine, too. We open with the Fox sensor cutting things from the script. Oh, God, yeah. No. And, yeah, and he cuts... No. <laughs> <laughs> he, he cuts it to get it down to a TVG rating, and he points to the corner of the screen, and we see the TVG rating emblem. Well, as he's talking, the emblem pulls out a knife from behind him and starts stabbing him. And with each stabbing, the rating goes, I guess, up. It gets into more mature yeah. ratings. And it, a stricter. That's that's probably the word I'm looking for. It gets stricter until he kills the, the sensor and the blood dripping down the front of his desk spells out Treehouse of Horrors 8. That, I think, of all the openings... Uh, I don't know how many. I don't know that all episodes actually have an opening. So I think all the ones we've covered so far do. But this is my favorite. I always have remembered this since the first time I saw it, and still remember it. And it, it, it is my favorite opening. I don't even think I have yeah. to speculate. So past that, we have no episode thread. We just jump right into the stories, which is not the first time this has happened. Talking about this show, but in this case, we just jump right in, and this is the first one. It's called the Omega Man, and the opening line, first two lines, I can't. I would be hard pressed for you to find a better open Homer opening, I should say. Um, well, actually, there might be one later. Now that I think about it, but right as far as we've discussed so far, there's been no better opening Homer line than this. And that's how an heroic hippo became a deputy. Stupid hippo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that. So now the premise of this story is that Mayor Quimby has insulted all of France by making a frog legs joke. Which we never actually get to hear the joke, which is unfortunate. Yeah. But it's another one of those little elements that not only Treehouse of Horrors does, but the Simpsons do, where they right. there's some there's there's something hinging on something someone did or said or saw, but we never actually get what that is. The French are threatening retaliation if there's no apology. And but Homer isn't worried because he's built a bomb shelter. And I don't know what I like most about this bomb shelter. The fact that it's a box turned upside down or that it has USA number one spray painted on it or that it has a patio umbrella sticking out of the top. Yeah, it just keeps getting better. It does. It's like a patio. It's like the extra shielding. You, I don't know what. You just The patio umbrella was just like, if it wasn't on there, it wouldn't have been as funny. 
all yeah. three of those things had to be together. He could start renting it out as an Airbnb. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Lisa points out the well, doesn't even point out the flaws. Just says that's not going to protect anyone from anything. So Homer goes to Herman Herman's military antique shop to check out some real bomb shelters. And the one that we see him check out is called the Withstandinator. I, 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 there's no better name for a bomb shelter. And this cracked me up, too. I, I, I know I've heard this line like 20 times before, but now that I'm paying attention to everything that's going on to review it, I never noticed really how funny this line is. It can take a six megaton blast, no more, no less. Ooh. Yeah. I like the no less part. <laughs> yeah. Like if a five megaton explosion went off, the thing would fall apart. Right. Oh, uh, so now he goes inside to to the bomb shelter, and here we got we actually have we have a series leading up to what ends up being my favorite line. At first, this was my favorite scene, but it gets trumped very soon here, and that is when he's checking out the supplies. He finds blankets, a radio, and a Gary Larson calendar, <laughs> and he starts to flip it and says, "I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I." Don't get it. And this really made me miss Farside. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I used to love Farside. Still do, actually. So while he's in the bomb shelter, we cut to France, and they retaliate with a neutron bomb, which I didn't write down, but I think it was like Le Bomb de Neutrion or something like that. And you guys yeah. remember what the panel said? It was like a French, I don't even know, it probably wasn't in the French words. It was just a play on the French yeah. language. Now, here's where I'm going to get into some like over obsessive realm and this may or may not make it to the episode but i had to look this up uh, to my ignorance i thought a neutron bomb only knocked out power uh kind of like an original version of an e&m pulse attack mm-hmm. um turns out i had to actually look i had to stop and look this up because that's how freaking obsessed i get about things turns no. out that's what the intent of the neutron bomb was but in reality it's actually very it's a very deadly explosive. It's not as long-reaching as an atomic bomb, uh, but it's just as devastating to the, the target. So in reality, now learning this, this is probably the type and size warhead someone would want to use if they just want to wipe out one town like Springfield. So I don't know that this obsession actually led me to uh, really being impressed that they may have specifically picked a neutron bomb, or this is just a coincidence and my obsessive nature just wasted a whole lot of my time. I'm not sure which one happened. <laughs> you just did the uh, the first episode of I Have Questions 2017. <laughs> yeah, I did, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so now the bomb is headed directly towards Springfield. We get, we get a nice uh, panning shot of it whipping past the Springfield sign, which Karen will appreciate this, made me immediately think of when uh, you go past the Springfield sign in the Simpsons ride at Universal. Mm-hmm. It's like the exact same angle yeah. and almost the same shot. Yeah. So now we get to what, for a very short time, is now my new favorite line from this episode, but then gets trumped once again, and that is when... <laughs> Comic book guy is walking down the street reading a comic book saying, But Aquaman, you cannot marry a woman without gills. You're from two different worlds. Oh, I've wasted my life. (laughs) (laughs) Homer comes out of the withstandinator, having, of course, sampled some food. In this case, canned prime rib. (laughs) Oh, that prime rib? Yeah, right. And he starts to head home. And in Homer fashion, completely oblivious to all the carnage around him. Yeah. 
It's not until he gets behind Kirk Van Houten in a at a red or a green light, I should say, and he gets out and punches him, disintegrates his head, wipes his <laughs> hands, saying, "Still got it." That's when he realizes what happens. So he has a brief period of lamenting for little Bart, little Lisa, little Marge, and the rest. <laughs> They're all swinging bats, and the rest had Maggie, the TV. And what the hell did it have? It had two other things that cracked me up. Oh, I should have wrote them down. But the TV and oh, the dog, the dog, oh, TV, Maggie, and something else. But the TV lumped in with them was the yeah. was was what cracked me up. So after his brief lamenting, he picks himself up. He's like, "I'm the last man alive. I'm now. I'm going to do all the things I've ever wanted to do." And now this is finally the scene of this episode for me. This is the scene I think of of this episode. And what does Homer want to do now that he always wanted to do? And now that he can do is the last man alive? He strips completely naked inside a church and march dances to war. Yeah. <laughs> like, huh? I love that. That cracks oh, me up. Such a great image. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's so serious when he does it too. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so the performance is interrupted by the cloak, some cloaked mutants, uh, cloaked mutants residents of Springfield. And I love Homer's like immediate questions. Hey, what the hell's going on? Where'd you get those cloaks? <laughs> he needs to know where yeah. the cloaks came from before anything else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what happened was there were some survivors of the bomb attack. They've mutated, and now they've banded together to create a new perfect society, which will eliminate the mistakes of the past, which seem to focus on Homer, which there's an argument to be made for that. I mean, <laughs> can't really argue that. That might be a good way to start, knowing the yeah. history of the Simpsons. So Homer runs, and I love this bit. He pushes a corpse out of a hearse, but then he's freaked out by the coffin that's in it. <laughs> yeah, a coffin. Yeah. <laughs> so chase begins. Homer's in the hearse. The mutants jump into a hot rod that I immediately thought looked like Dragula from the Rob Zombie Dragula video. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, I just pictured Rob Zombie rocking back and forth singing in it, but it's like, <laughs> I don't know this what is, it was. What's that? I think this is the part where I, not an issue, but... It's only been a few hours. Yeah. It's what <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming. Okay, right, yeah. And they've built a whole rat rod drag car yeah. to get around it, and they, <laughs> they only one. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I didn't think of that. I mean, if we had established that there was like, if like uh, one of the minor characters had was in the cars and, and had a hot rod shop, you could make the argument was stolen, but we have not had that character so uh, that, that maybe the, the cars mutated as well oh there you go there we go we solved another problem we are solving problems left and right on this series <laughs> we're on point we can solve all the problems of a fictitious town we can't do shit for the real world <laughs> and maybe that's for the best but anyway so while homer's on the run he mows over what he thinks are some more pale chalk-faced mutants and it's actually johnny and edgar winter well the, the late johnny winter now he actually passed away in 2014 so he was alive when this came out so here we go with appearances and references that have unfortunately passed away um i just i i i've always i johnny and Ed, edgar winter have been fans of and just the the joke and it's unfortunate they didn't have lines so they probably it, these i don't know i don't know what kind of personalities they are but it would have been cool to have them have an appearance in it, but they they didn't. But it was still a good joke because they are pale faced and white haired, <laughs> and they have been since they were freaking yeah, kids. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, right. Are they albinos or they just look albinos? I think I think Johnny is. Okay. I I, I don't think Edgar is. Okay. But but those are definitely, you know, we talk about the age of the people watching The Simpsons. Those are definitely age specific oh, yeah. references. Yep. You know. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, like at best at best someone that was born during the Simpsons probably heard the Edgar Winter band's Frankenstein in one form mm-hmm. or another, but that is it. They, they they couldn't name a Johnny Winter song, I don't think, if, they, if they're left, unless they're big music fans. There's always exceptions to the rule, but generally, I think they're not going to know anything from Johnny Winter. One of my favorite posters I used to have in my room was Johnny Winter wearing a Metallica t-shirt. I, don't, I thought that was like the perfect melding of music when I was 18 or 16 or 15. All right, I was 37. <laughs> it's less. You just took it down last it's week. there right now <laughs> so the um so the chase uh it, after that the chase is kind of wraps up when homer gets home and this is a great bit that he sees the mutants running towards the door he slams the door behind him there's about a two second pause and the doorbell rings and he goes that better not be the mutants <laughs> <laughs> like it's gonna be anybody else but he finds out that the rest of the family is still alive thanks to all the layers of lead paint in that house it made it a perfect bomb shelter so once the mutants come in and they're touched by the family reunion they rethink the new society marge starts to agree with this new idea and she begins to concur until in the middle of a sentence her sentence she yells now and the entire family pulls out shotguns and blows away the mutants which is there's a nice little cap to the scene with marge going hmm, friends with mutants right which is great because Marge is rarely ever the negative judgmental person. So it's nice to see her break out of character for something like this. So we reached the end of the episode and we have kind of like a nice little bookend to we have, we, I thought was a, was a great Homer opening line. I think we have just a great opening closing Homer line where he goes, so who wants to steal some Ferraris? And then that is the episode. So as far as review of it, I mean, again, when, when it's one that I picked, it's, it's obviously, I think it's one of the best ever else I wouldn't pick it. I'm not going to pick one that I like <laughs> least because why would I want to talk about it? This one for me had a lot of laughs. It takes the original Omega Man idea, but paradises it and puts it in the Simpsons world and makes it a Simpsons story. And I, I love this. I love the lines, the Gary Larson line, the comic book guy line. And of course I love the, the, I said it, the, homer dancing naked in a church so there's three strong things that pop into my mind on just this episode so with all that i mean what what else can i say i mean there's like a, a, the opening line and the closing line there's there's from beginning to end there's something i can tell you about this episode i absolutely love this again no surprise to hear this coming from me it's gonna be a five out of five for Omega man for me yeah this is probably not one of my favorites it, it's um all right go ahead derek all right fine no no you're entitled Um, to your wrong opinion (laughs) yeah well you have lots of wrong opinions oh yeah that's i can't argue that (laughs) it does have a lot of good lines and a lot of good uh moments in it um but it doesn't draw my attention as some of the others but i would still give it i mean i'll still give it like a a, about a four okay because it has a so many good lines in it, especially the comic book guy lines. <laughs> I, those are my part of my favorites too. So, yeah, I give okay. it a four. All right, sounds fair. I I really did enjoy this one. Um, I I love it when Homer does the stupid scare thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, you see him get uh, the whole the whole scene with the the doorbell. 
you know, where he's he doesn't expect that it's going to be the zombies or the mutants, and 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 sure enough, it is. Um, I also really enjoyed the the comic book guy reference. <laughs> I, I thought that was great, and I love the idea that the one thing that Homer really wanted to do was rock out. Yeah, yeah. You know? um, I actually think we've seen him do that a couple of times. I think there was a scene in one of the episodes, non Halloween, where he's got a mop on his head and he's like dancing around the church, but. <laughs> I could be wrong about that. Um, I, I would have to go with a four and a half on this one. Nice. Okay. All right. Well, that wraps it up for Omega Man. So now we are on to Karen's pick for this episode. So what do you got yeah. for this one? This mine comes from the very first Treehouse of Horror. Yes. All right. I'm waiting to talk about anything from that first one. Yeah. Um, and it is uh, season two, of course. Because yeah. they, they didn't start it off at the first year. Yeah, we had this conversation in the first episode. If you missed that, mm-hmm. go back and check it. Yeah. Watch Matt struggle with math. Or here, <laughs> I it, guess. But yeah. <laughs> And apparently have trouble with the concept of audio versus video. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's the Hungry Are the Damned segment. And it's the segment where we meet Kang and Kodos for the first time. Yes. These these characters, just to get this out of the way so I don't interrupt it, have become so popular, obviously, with Halloween, but just so popular, period, there is a ride, a Kang and Kodos ride at Springfield in Universal Studios Orlando. I mean, it's like, talk about someone you see one, literally see once a year, they have, of all the things, all the things that recur in The Simpsons, they pick this thing you only see once a year and make a ride out of it. One that Karen and I have actually been on. Yeah. After drinking a Duff, which is a terrible idea for anyone listening. <laughs> but still, because I mean, it, it just it spins around. Yeah. They're so they're so popular and they're so widely known that it's a freaking ride. I mean, that's that's yeah. that says a lot for these characters that they've developed over these one uh, once a year appearances. Yeah. So the segment starts out this is since it's the first episode, this is where they had they have um the the wrap around or the the story through Throughout the yes, uh, connecting the segments yeah, and this is where the the whole name of it comes from with the treehouse of horrors. You've got Bart and Lisa and Maggie up in the treehouse exchanging scary stories. Yep, I had the exact same notation because I actually forgot the origin of the name, and yep. here it was. I mean, this is this is where the name came from because that's what they were doing. Totally forgot that after all these years. Yeah, yeah, because they took it out of the treehouse. Yeah. Almost yeah. immediately. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was only that first season. Yeah. I think it yeah. was, yeah. I don't think they realized how much people would enjoy it. Right. Yep. They probably figured it was like a one one season thing. Very, yeah. very possibly. Yeah. So they, you have Bart and Lisa up in the treehouse. And this is the actually the second segment. So it, it comes back with Lisa telling Bart that his first story wasn't wasn't scary. And he tries to scare her with a severed finger in a box. <laughs> At which point Maggie takes his finger and starts sucking on it. And Bart gets all grossed <laughs> out. Ooh, baby's bit. <laughs> so he doesn't get scared by a severed finger, but you know, baby's bit. Bleh. Yeah. Right. Yep. So this is then at that point we get into the segment and it's got um, the whole family in the backyard getting ready for a barbecue. And <laughs> <laughs> this has one of my favorite gags, and I always forget that this yep. gag is from a Treehouse of Horror. Because episode. it doesn't need to be, but you're right, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. 
That should just about do it. And it's Homer just spraying lighter <laughs> fluid into the barbecue. He takes like two or three bottles of it. Yep. And and I'll tell you, since you said it, it this is my scene of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's right off the bat. It really has nothing to do with the episode or Halloween, but it's so classic. And you're right. right. It could be in anything. You for, you do yep. tend to forget it's from Halloween. Oh, and at which point he lights it and this big, huge mushroom cloud <laughs> forms over <laughs> Springfield. But there's no I, fallout. It's not like we go back no. and everyone has a blast mark on their face like we've actually seen in other things. It's just like it, it's, it come and gone. It has nothing yep. to do with the story. <laughs> it's just lighting a barbecue. Yep. <laughs> and I think we've seen him do that gag in another episode. But when he throws the match on the barbecue, yeah. it just lights. Yeah, I think you're right. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So they go back to it, but they and you expect the mushroom cloud. Yeah, right. <laughs> nothing. Every time he's done that, even even if it's only two times, it, it nothing happens that should happen. It's like it's either right. extreme or nothing. I yeah. guess. Yeah. Oh wait, and that's the that, joke. I get it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, we're figuring all sorts of things out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm learning. <laughs> Learned it. <laughs> Learned it, son. Learned it. <laughs> At that point, that's when we see, um, we notice the the flying saucer comes in, and it seems like everybody notices it and stops except for Homer. Yeah, <laughs> who is walking up eating his hamburger, yes. informing everybody your hamburgers are going to get cold, which I think would be more the case they'd get eaten. Yes. Right, that's <laughs> true. Yeah. <laughs> And um, everybody's taken aboard one at a time with a tractor beam, except for Homer, who needs a second tractor beam. Yes. Because <laughs> he's too heavy for the single tractor beam. I love that gig. Yeah, it's yeah. a good gig. It's that's, almost that's expected. That's probably my moment of the episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then that's when we first meet Kang. Greetings, Earthlings. I am Kang. Do not be frightened. We mean you no harm. You, you speak English. I am actually speaking Rigelian. By an astonishing coincidence, both of our languages are exactly the same. <laughs> That's another, <laughs> another, we'll just, we're going to explain this in one joke and move on. That way we don't have to waste time with making up reasons for anything. This is, a, this is it. Let's go. <laughs> And he introduces them to his partner, Kodos, and explains that they will be taking them to Rigel for a world of infinite delights to tantalize your senses and challenge your intellectual limitations. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and Lisa starts throwing herself onto Mercy to return them to Earth. But before she can finish that, that's when they bring out their first big banquet of food. And, of course, the whole family is like, ooh, food. And get all excited, and they're all offered pretty much their favorite foods um, by the their chef, which is a third alien who we we never really see again after this, but is voiced right. by um, all our favorites, James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones, yeah, he's in all the all segments. segments, yeah, yeah. For that first episode, that's kind of cool, yeah. Now, as far as their dinners, this is interesting in in Simpsons history, and it's not even really dated reference. I forget what Lisa's eating. I forget to write it down, but it's meat. It's fried shrimp. Yeah, there you go, fried shrimp. And she's since become a vegetarian. Vegetarian, right? She wasn't one yet. Yes, right. That's kind of that's kind of interesting, just in Simpsons history to me. Yeah, 
The Bart's with Sloppy Joe's. Homer got smothered pork chops. And Marge gets radish rosettes, <laughs> which she points out are very difficult to make. So they must be an advanced <laughs> Exactly race. right. Yeah. <laughs> and Lisa questions it, points out there's something not right here. And Homer kind of says, yeah, dude, you're right. Let's get some applesauce for these pork chops. To <laughs> <Yep>. him, <laughs> that's what's wrong. To him, that's wrong. Yeah. Nope, no applesauce with this pork chops. Right. That's wrong. <laughs> so after their their first meal, they're I guess it's like they're taking them on a tour of the spaceship um, and showing them the, their entertainment. It is our great pleasure to provide you with unlimited entertainment on your intergalactic journey. On this cable system, we receive over one million channels from the furthest reaches of the galaxy. You get HBO? No, that would cost extra. Love that line. <laughs> yes. Love that line. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Such a great gag. <laughs> and then and they present them with the forefront of video gaming, <laughs> which Bart so nicely points out, that's just Pong, man. Yep. He's like, we've had that since 1984 or whatever. <laughs> and then Kang gets all huffy. He's like, well, we did build this spaceship, you know. Anyone from a species that has mastered intergalactic travel, raise your hand. <laughs> Bart raises his hand, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's a good one. Yep. So then, and then they're presented with yet another dinner. And um, when Lisa asks again why they're not eating... Said so they wouldn't want to spoil their appetite for the main feast when they arrive at Rigel Four, and Homer hopes that they're invited. And Kang Point and Kodos are, yeah, licking their chops and saying, "Oh, we're pretty sure you'll be there. <laughs> you'll be the main guest." This, this is almost exactly like the Skinner thing we talked about in our first episode without the flub at the end. But they, they're Skinner's being ironic. They're actually being sincere. We find out later. Yeah, right. but it's like the the almost the uh, what do you call it the the puns I guess sort of kind of yeah. I mean, yeah that might not be the right word but that's the word that the best I can describe it because they even tilt the te- the camera angle so to yeah. speak the camera angle so that when they're lifting <laughs> off the covers of the food it looks like the Simpsons are the platters so it just makes it wow I didn't notice that that's crazy yeah. that's nice yeah. nice pick detail there yeah. you picked up on. I feel better about my obsessiveness on my earlier report. (laughs) (laughs) And after that meal, they start weighing the Simpsons, at which point Homer gets on and the the (laughs) scale just flips all the way to the other side. and To their delight. uh, Yes, they get all excited. (laughs) They go, oh, you're coming along nicely. (laughs) So then, and at that point, Lisa starts nosing around the rest of the spaceship and she comes across the kitchen where the chef is preparing yet another meal for them. This will give these humans the perfect flavor. I love this kitchen because we get Lisa walking through the ship and everything's what you expect with a spaceship. And you even right. get to the kitchen and there's some stuff on the walls that you don't know what it is, but you don't care because it's alien. Then right. when he moves out of the way, there's like a earth refrigerator behind him. Right. <laughs> I don't know if that's to identify that we're in the kitchen or jo- or a joke, but I just I love that. It's like all of a sudden there's a refrigerator. <laughs> oh, they got to keep stuff cold. No, I know, but it's like I mean, it's not alien. It's just a refrigerator. <laughs> well, they speak perfect English. Oh, Maybe good they point. use yes, the same types of refrigerator. All right. Okay. Yeah. You got it. You're unaware of Matt's knowledge of all <laughs> yeah. alien refrigeration devices. 
<laughs> that is true. It's not true. <laughs> and in the kitchen, Lisa finds the recipe book titled How to Cook Humans. <laughs> and she quick grabs it and runs the show, everybody. Um, and that, at that point, she's accusing them of stuffing them and plumping them up. And um, I'm, I can't remember which one it was. It maybe Kang or Kodos takes the book and, and points out that there's there's dust covering it. So, he, and I love this gag. Yes, this, he opens up a little mouth hole yeah. in his glass piece. That we never see again. <laughs> nope. Blows on the book to reveal that it's how to cook for humans. And then this back and forth between him and Lisa is I. This whole segment is my my favorite part because she takes it, points out there's more dust to reveal that it's how to cook 40 humans, only to find out that, no, there's more, even more dust. It's how to cook for 40 humans. (laughs) This might be the longest joke in any Halloween Horror Night segment, and it's one of the best. Yeah. And it's I remember it so well. I remember it so well to the point that months ago, I think it was this year, maybe next year or last year, I mean, but I think it was this year, you posted something on your Facebook page. And you made a comment, and it was a lot of food. You made a comment like that you're still you still haven't gotten used to cooking for one. Yeah. And my response was a screenshot of how to cook for forty humans. 40 humans I yeah. immediately <laughs> thought of that. Uh, right after that, back and forth, they um, Lisa or not Lisa? Ugh, God, yeah, Lisa doesn't get offended. Ken gets offended. Yeah. Kodos get offended. They thought we were going to eat them. <laughs> Good. God, is this some kind of joke? No, they're serious. Well, why were you trying to make us eat all the time? Make you eat? We merely provided a sumptuous banquet. And frankly, you people made pigs of yourselves. I slaved in the kitchen for days for you people. Well, if you wanted to make Serac the preparer cry, mission accomplished. You aren't the only beings who have emotions, you know. And they've made Serac cry yes yeah, i'm glad Ciroc. you mentioned that i forgot that when they introduced Sirach the preparer yeah he said he said uh what's uh, i think marge asked what his name was and he said to pronounce it i would have to tear out your tongue and then but right. then they reveal that his name is Sirach. <laughs> so <Right. it's> like, <laughs> but anyway not even a quibble not even uh, any kind of a complaint on my part but i just i just wrote that down when it happened i'm like hey yeah <laughs> yeah i noticed that too um since it's, Lisa has so offended them, they take them back to Earth, drop them off, and as they're flying away, this Marge points out to Lisa, Lisa, see what we mean when we say you're too smart for your own good? Yep. <laughs> and that's where the episode ends. Yep. So this one, uh, this, uh, what, this has to be probably, I wouldn't say my favorite, but it's, well, it's obviously one of my favorites, right. otherwise I wouldn't even be talking about it. But, um, just it, starting off the whole Treehouse of Horrors, they did such a good job with this one and the whole episode. So I would get, I, obviously, I give this a five out of five. Mm. Yeah. I, myself. I can't disagree with anything you said. I've always liked this a lot. It's, yeah. It is the first episode, it has a lot of great jokes. The lighter fluid thing is so classic that I forget it's Halloween. We had that discussion. Yep. Uh, and it might, and I think the, the 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 long tail joke of how to cook for forty humans. I don't think they've ever done a long sequence like that again. And if they have, I don't remember it, which just points out how good this one is. 
So with that, I mean, it's right. classic. It's age. It's ageless. There's no references yes. in there to have anything to do with what's going on at the time. So nope. with all that, it is a five out of five. It's it's a can't miss for me every year. It's great. Yeah, and it introduced two yeah, recurring too, characters yep. that it's not Halloween if they don't show up somewhere True, yep, in yep. the Treehouse of Horrors episode. And they've had episodes without them, and it's just, you get like, to the end of it and go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have to agree. I, I would definitely say five out of five. Um, I think my favorite scene is the Homer trying to get lifted up into the spaceship. <laughs> as, yeah. as, as a big guy myself, I, you know, I think if a spaceship ever came down, I would be waiting for that second beam to come. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, it's the first, it's the original, it's what, you know, it's what started us on this many, many, many year tradition, you know? Yeah. And yeah, you, you can't, you can't go wrong with Kang and Kodos. Right. Nope. Yep. Well, nice one. So that leaves us with one more to do, Derek. So let us know what we're talking about next. Well, all right. Uh, for my second pick, I went with uh, from Treehouse of Horror number three uh, from season four. I went with Clown Without Pity. Nice. I do want to point out that uh, if you haven't heard our our draft episode, this is one of the few that I got plucked off my draft that I wanted to do. So I'm glad <laughs> we're doing it. I'm a little upset I'm not doing it, but I think we're going to have fun well, anyway. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm sure you're more than welcome to chime in <laughs> right? <laughs> in, case, in case I missed anything. Uh, this aired on the 29th of October back in 1992. Uh, so a couple days before Halloween, but you know, better before than after. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it was the first segment of the episode, and this episode started out with Homer coming out and doing the uh, Alfred Hitchcock yeah. good evening, and then proceeding to taunt the people, the crybabies, as he <sighs> called them, uh, specifically the religious groups yes. and such. Mostly religious types. <laughs> I love yes. That. And uh, taunting them and telling them that they would re- they should turn off the episode, but they probably wouldn't because they were all chickens. <laughs> <laughs> and then the screen goes blank. So Marge comes out and says, Homer, did you, did you taunt the audience? No. <laughs> and then that leads into the, uh, the pull through for all three segments of this episode. Uh, instead of going trick or treating for some reason, the kids are all hanging out at the house and Marge is throwing a Halloween themed party for mm-hmm. them. Uh, she's doing that gag where they turn out the lights and she's telling them a story and starts passing around grapes as, as a witch's eyes and spaghetti as a witch's hair. And the kids start complaining because they're not getting any of the, <laughs> yeah. the stuff. And it's because Homer's sitting in the middle eating everything uh, as it's coming his way. I love that. So instead of playing that game, they decide they'll tell scary stories. And Lisa decides she's going to tell the story of a boy and his doll. And that's where we get into this segment. Uh, the segment starts on Bart's birthday. Uh, we don't know which birthday, but at this rate, it would have probably been his, you know, 15th or 16th birthday. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, he's, he opens up a present from grandpa and it's just a giant pile of money. Oh, I love this. <laughs> yeah. But Marge asks him, Hey, where'd you get all that money? And he said, the government, I didn't earn it. I don't need it. But if they miss one payment, I'll raise hell. I love that line yeah. so much. It's, it's <laughs> such a funny line. Yep. And and it's grandpa, so yep. you know, he yep. could get away with anything. 
So Bart's excited about the money and then realizes that uh, Homer hasn't given him a present. So Homer says that he's running out right now to get one. And in fact, he he says, I swear on my father's grave (laughs) as his father is standing two feet away from him. He goes, I swear on my father's grave. I'm going to go get you the best present ever right now. So Homer leaves and uh, he heads out the door. And heads over to the House of Evil, which says <laughs> uh, on the wall, it says House of Evil, your one stop evil shop. So Homer goes in and meets the decrepit old man with the long fingernails, the long pipe and the the shaggy, shaggy beard. And he's some sort of a weird blue shade as opposed to yeah, yellow. Right. Uh, and Homer asks, do you sell any toys? And he replies with, We sell forbidden objects from places men fear to tread. We also sell frozen yogurt, which I call Froget. <laughs> so Homer explains that he needs to get a present for Bart. The old man grabs down a Krusty the Clown doll and says maybe this will intrigue him. And Homer's excited to get the doll and the old man tells him, Take this object, but beware, it carries a terrible curse. Ooh, that's bad. But it comes with a free Frogut. That's good. The Frogut is also cursed. That's bad. But you get your choice of topping. That's good. The toppings contain potassium benzoate. That's bad. And there's my scene. There's my scene for the episode. (laughs) And Homer just asks, can I go now? (laughs) So they cut back to the house. And this is one of my favorite scenes is they cut back to the house and Millhouse is playing pin the tail on the dock. So he's playing it on the back of the door. Homer slams the door open, <laughs> squishing Millhouse right up against the wall and goes in and gives Bart the doll. Bart rips it open, is all excited, pulls the string and the doll says, I'm Krusty the clown and I like you very much. And Bart is thrilled. We cut to the next day. Homer's watching TV. He gets the uh, the news report. And in environmental news, scientists have announced that Springfield's air is now only dangerous to children and the elderly. Woohoo! Uh, he sees the crusty doll and decides to pull the string and see what it says. And he pulls the string and he looks at uh, the doll and the doll says, I'm Krusty the Clown and I don't like you. So Homer laughs. And then the doll says, I'm Krusty the Clown and I'm going to kill you. And Homer thinks to himself, he goes, I, I didn't even pull the string that time. <laughs> he doesn't even question it. He's just like, yeah, I didn't even pull the string that time. <laughs> so the doll's head turns around real quick and goes, I'm going to kill you, Homer Simpson. <laughs> Homer freaks out and throws the doll across the room. The doll pops up from behind the couch with a giant butcher knife, which why that was behind the couch, I do yeah. not know. And starts chasing <laughs> Homer around. So Homer's screaming and screaming for the family and, and the family comes out and the doll's nowhere to be seen. And he's like, the doll's trying to kill me. The doll's trying to kill me. And Bart looks at him and says, you know, I would say it was all the pressure that he's under, but really what, what pressure? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, so Homer's hiding from the doll. He needs to calm down and he goes to take a bath. He's sitting in the bathtub and he's singing the uh, Oscar Mayer song. <laughs> yeah, he is <laughs> sort of it's, instead of spelling out Oscar Mayer. He's singing that. My baloney has a first name. It's H-O-M-E-R. My baloney has a second name. It's H-O-M-E-R. And all of a sudden, the crusty doll pops out of the water with a harpoon. With a harpoon. (laughs) (laughs) Homer leaps from the tub and runs naked through the kitchen. 
uh, right past Marge, Selma, and Patty. And I noticed something very interesting here. Uh, Patty says, there goes my last lingering threat of heterosexuality. And this was season three, and they hadn't even gotten close to discussing the, uh, the whether or not Patty was straight. I yet. thought so, but I was like, yeah. well, no, that, that must not be. That, okay, I'm glad you confirmed that. Okay, I thought so too, but I, I just wasn't sure. So, yeah, okay. And so, I noticed that then too. I, I did my research. I checked the earrings. <laughs> I, I figured out which one was wearing which earrings, and it was the triangle earrings. And yeah, I... Because before, I mean, that was really the only way to tell is like the one the one had one set of earrings and the other had a different. Mm. Yeah. But um, so so Homer goes running off and uh, Krusty the Clown finds uh, the Malibu Stacy dream house. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> goes into the Malibu Stacy's dream house and is sitting on the bed next to Lisa's Malibu Stacy doll and starts hitting on her. To the point where he looks at her and goes, you know, it's a little hot to be wearing that cheerleader outfit, <laughs> which just was all kinds of creepy. But, yep. you know, if you know Krusty, it kind of fits. It fits. Yep. So Homer bursts into the room with a suitcase and a duffel bag filled of his old socks. <laughs> he throws Krusty in it and takes him to the bottomless pit and tosses Krusty the Clown doll into the bottomless pit. Uh, we then see a stereotypical uh, mobster yell, <laughs> yeah. Arrivederci Vito, and throw a carpeted man into the pit. We then see a, another or just general, a generic guy throw a box into the pit and say, I never, I, I, I should have known that nobody would want naked photos of Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> and it and comes the pit back out. actually spits the picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's my favorite scene of that. <laughs> So Homer drives home, whistling, happy as a clam, and Krusty the Clown doll is shown hiding under the car like Kate Keep Fear. Fear. <laughs> yeah, which they did later in the yeah. season with, yeah. with Sideshow Bob. Yeah. Uh, he walks back into the house, and, and the doll jumps him. And this time, Marge actually sees the attack. So she's yelling, oh, my God, Homer. And the clown takes his head and starts dumping it into the, into the, the dog food bowl. And... <laughs> One of my favorite lines of this whole bit was the doll's trying to kill me and the toaster's been laughing at me, (laughs) (laughs) which is just such, it's just such an odd little random line, you know, it's like, Oh, okay. And like never addressed. (laughs) Right. Uh, So Marge gets the, the box and on the back of the box is a phone number to call. And the, of course the phone number is one 800 don't sue. (laughs) <laughs> and she gets somebody from customer service that says the doll's trying to kill my husband they ask her to be on hold <laughs> so while she's on hold they're playing a song called uh, everybody loves, loves a clown, clown. <laughs> so why don't you yep. <laughs> so for a little bit of trivia Queen. do you know who oh. sang that song nah, no idea no no nope that would be Gary Lewis and the Playboys and Gary Lewis is actually the son of Jerry Lewis. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, yes. Wow. I, I went on YouTube and looked it up, and it's it's pretty disturbing. It's Jerry Lewis had some sort of like a – I guess it was one of his telethons or something, and Gary Lewis and the Playboys are singing it, and he's asking some little girl on stage why she doesn't like clowns. Oh, geez. Yeah, yeah it was a little creepy. It does sound a little creepy. Yeah. Oddly enough, like, I the only thing I, – I actually know who that group is. It's because they had done, I think, the second – or the, I guess technically the first cover of Palisades 
either they, they did the original Palisades Park or the or uh, the first cover, and then of course the Ramones had covered it. All yeah. research I did for a completely different show. <laughs> a very good show, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, so all of a sudden, a uh, Krusty Co. repairman shows up at the house, and within seconds, he figures out what the problem is. Yep, is your problem? Someone set this thing to evil. <laughs> <laughs> so instantaneously, with the switch, with the flip of the switch, the cr- uh, the doll looks at Homer and says, "I love you," and they <laughs> hug it out. And because Homer can't hold a grudge, right. so now they're best friends. <laughs> so we we pan back to Homer sitting on the couch. He's got a spread of junk food in front of him. And the crusty doll comes walking up with, with another snack for him. And Homer looks at him and says, did, did you walk the dog? Yeah, he buried me a couple of times. Yeah, dogs like to bury old junk. Krusty stomps off a little... Uh, disheartened from from homer you know abusing the love that the, that the doll now has for him <laughs> yeah. goes back to the malibu stacy dream house to see his lady goes to give her a kiss and her head falls off <laughs> <laughs> so he puts it back on and we pan out with a lovely little heart yep and that's the end of the episode speaking of that heart the next segment is that the first segment of the yes the, first, the yep. second segment is king homer Yep. And that ends with the same heart and the same little jingle, too. That do 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 Yep, that one. Yep. Uh, it was, must be from an old sitcom, but I don't know what. Oh, I think they used that with the uh, a later Halloween episode with uh, Love Gra- uh, Lovematic Grandpa. Oh, I, I, <laughs> I think forgot that, about that I think one. that comes back at the end of that one, too. God, how is that not on my short list? I forgot about that one. Anyway, <laughs> okay. So so that's the end of my segment. Um, I, I always like this one. Uh, because because it's a, a ripoff of the Twilight Zone. Yes. So mm-hmm. so there's there's a great great Twilight Zone episode called Living Doll, where where the doll is basically comes to life and tries to kill its owner. And I, I I love when they do parodies of stuff like that that you know the majority of the the viewing public's just not going to pick up on and mm-hmm. and you know it's a little nerdy treasure for me. But um, I also I I really like it when stuff's happening to Homer and nobody wants to believe him. Yeah, <laughs> which, which happens through most of this episode is like things happen to him when nobody's looking. So for me personally, this is definitely a five, uh, five tombstone. If we're still going tombstone, sure, or why not? <laughs> the only thing, the only quibble I had again, a quibble, not a complaint I had about this is that it's kind of in the middle, there's some really rush storytelling, and they do these almost obtrusive fade ins and fade outs, mm-hmm. which they don't do often in this. So that was a little strange because I. Th- think this was like of the six we reviewed in the two recordings we did this was like the third or fourth so i had gotten gotten used to a flow and then all of a sudden this was thrown in there but i mean that's again that is me trying to critique and finding a minor minor quibble otherwise it's this was on my list you you, you plucked it from me before i did so how can i not also give it a five out of five if i want to put that quibble in there it's a 4.95 out of five i mean that's how small the quibble is another great another classic and the and the, the the um if i have to if i were to pick a visual gag on this i saw in my notes which i had forgotten i was so <laughs> paying attention to what you're saying there's a, a hilarious to me pull pull string gag oh. Yeah, yeah, I forgot to mention that. He's laughing maniacally, and he stops, and he looks because his string has has wound up, and he points at it, and then Homer pulls it, and he starts laughing maniacally again at him. Yeah, great one. Great one. I I love this one as well. Yeah, this is, it's one of my favorites, too. Um, I don't don't think it was on my short list, but it was certainly 
popped into my mind. Um, I think one of my favorites is the 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 old man in the in the shop. We also mm-hmm. sell frozen yogurt, <laughs> which we call Frogurt. It always cracks me up. <laughs> so yeah, I I give this a five out of five as well. Nice. And that little shop uh, to go back to last the last episode on the counter in the little shop is the monkey's paw. Oh no! Shit! Really? Oh yeah. yeah. I did not see that. That's awesome. That's great. Well, that was that, that another three real strong episodes. Another a lot of fun to talk about. We got. Well, I think we got. We have three more episodes to do. Is that what we're doing? Five altogether? I forget now. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so we'll well regardless of how many you're up, we'll definitely got one next, and we'll be doing three more segments. So. Join us for that episode. Um, again, if you're new to this, check out newsaz.com. Got a lot of great shows there, stars and character. Uh, we do obscure characters and things from Star Wars and musicals. That's a real statement. We do musicals. Uh, Karen's got her own show called You Pick It, I'll Watch It. She's also my co-host for Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights, which is being featured a lot on Newsaz as this is being released because it is Halloween time and this is our Halloween coverage. Derek does Spoon to Tick versus the podcast and a lot of best of fives. And I have a feeling this will not be the last Simpsons coverage that we do on Neo's as. And I say that looking in Derek's direction. <laughs> so stay tuned. Are you for- stomping on my foot while you're saying <laughs> that? <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> so stay tuned to Neo's as for that as well. So like I said, we'll be back with another episode. Three more segments to talk about. Having a lot of fun. Actually going to be sad when this is over, but it's not. So I'm just going to look forward to the next episode. And with that, I will say thank you for listening, and we will see you in the next episode. Comic Book Guy is walking down the street reading a comic book saying, But Aquaman, you cannot marry a woman without gills. You're from two different worlds. And now we get a camera shot from the perspective of the bomb, and right when we get to his face, he goes, Oh, I've wasted my life. <laughs> that is an uncanny imitation of the comic book guy. Uh, that's, that's because I've dealt with comic book guys for decades, and they are all him. I've been doing this well before The Simpsons was even on the air. Yeah. <laughs>